Hi, this is Wendy Lockhart, your host on the Not So Perfect Journey, where we dive into all topics relating to mind, body, and spirit on the journey to becoming our authentic selves. Welcome back, everyone. If this is your first episode, I'm glad you're here. At this point, the podcast is a progression moving through the sequential steps of the journey to authenticity. If you haven't heard some of the previous episodes, I encourage you to check those out, but you can hop in at any point. I think authenticity comes in cycles and waves. Personally, I've been experiencing a recycling of sorts, revisiting some dreams from my early 20s that were part of what I wanted to do back then, but life got in the way. When I was at UC Davis majoring in psychology, I also studied primate psychology and helped out with golden-bellied manga bee studies at the Sacramento Zoo. My back-to-school night joke when I taught middle school was that it was appropriate. <laughs> I was teaching middle school. Um, and manga bees are a type of African monkey. And we were doing these studies um, on interactions between visitors and the zoo animals. I love zoos and the work they do, helping animals who have been injured or abandoned and sustaining and reviving endangered species. My dad always took us to the San Francisco Zoo when my brother and I were little. I really wanted to work at a zoo, but after college, I got married and had my son, and there weren't any great zoo opportunities near where we lived Fast forward 30 plus years, and now I live near an amazing place, the Living Desert Zoo and Gardens. After being a member for four years, I started volunteering this week, working in an area called the Kraal, which uh, is a place where people can come interact with two different species of African goats. I've done two shifts now, and working with goats and people has brought me more joy than I could have possibly anticipated. So sometimes our search for authenticity can lead us in circles, revisiting missed opportunities and desires. Just something to think about. Okay, I've completely digressed now, but I have to admit something embarrassing. At the end of the last show, I realized I had left out two of the pieces regarding psychological agency. So this episode will be picking up where the last episode left off, and then... um. I'll share some mind-body therapies I've experienced over the years that have been helpful in my journey that might help you on yours too. But first, a quick recap of Step 8, Psychological Agency that we already covered. Psychological Agency is the capability to act on and in your world. It sounds really easy until you stop and think about all the times you wanted to do something but didn't because you were too embarrassed or worried about what other people would think, or you were in an environment where it really wasn't safe to be yourself. It doesn't mean you have to do that every second of the day, but when you choose to act authentically, you're able to, period. The subconcepts we talked about in the last episode included personal freedom, choice, will, and action. But I left out non-action and responsibility, so let's talk about those. Responsibility is similar to what we talked about in personal autonomy. It's literally being responsible for your actions and holding yourself responsible for outcomes, 
but also recognizing that you are alone responsible for your situation. I love this quote by Irvin Yalom from Staring at the Sun. You and you alone are responsible for the crucial aspects of your life situation, and only you have the power to change it. And even if you face overwhelming external restraints, you will have the freedom and the choice of adopting various attitudes toward those restraints. I've been in relationships and jobs where I was unhappy, as I'm sure you have too. Sometimes they're easy to get out of. I literally walked out of a job I actually liked once because the manager scheduled me two days before Mother's Day to work on Mother's Day. And I already had plans with my mom and family. My manager said, if you don't come in, don't bother coming back. Uh, So I didn't, (laughs) except to pick up my last check. As one of their best shoe salespeople, I think he regretted that ultimatum but was too proud to say so. I didn't have another job lined up, but I had to hold myself responsible for whether or not I was going to stay where I felt I wasn't treated properly. If I had stayed, I would have felt miserable and might have blamed the manager. But the truth was the choice was mine and I had to own it. The same is true for relationships. If you're in a relationship where you're not treated properly, you always have a choice to leave. And you should never really blame the other person for you being there. I think this is much harder for women to make these choices for financial reasons. But ultimately, I believe the universe rewards us for taking a stand. Even though I didn't have a job lined up when I walked out, another one fell into my lap, and that was much better than the one that I had. Sometimes we have to take the leap of faith and be true to ourselves. From a spiritual perspective, we are held accountable for our actions. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who was a pioneer in near-death studies, said, I believe that we are solely responsible for our choices, and we have to accept the consequences of every deed, word, and thought throughout our lifetime. It's a common experience for mediums to connect with those on the other side who give a similar account of a life review immediately upon our death, that we will review all of our actions from ours, but also from other people's perspectives. Sometimes, in order to be true to ourselves, we can emotionally hurt others. This is not the goal or intention of psychological agency. Hopefully, if this happens, other people can understand why we did what we did ultimately, but we have to accept the consequences for our actions. But sometimes, the best course of action may be non-action, the last principle of psychological agency. What is non-action? While it may seem like doing nothing, it's about sitting back, evaluating, planning, being, etc. Eastern philosophies call this wu-wei, and non-action can be just as powerful as non-action. Sorry, I meant non-action can be just as powerful as action. Got that right. Remember a couple of episodes ago, we talked about responding rather than reacting. That requires a period of non-action, generally. I love this Hafiz poem titled Bump Heads with the Roof. On a side note, if you've never read Hafiz, you're really missing out. So here's how the poem goes. 
how can I grow and reach my full height? A tree once said to me, and I replied, dear, sit quiet for a minute each day. Don't let your branches move. Conserve all your energy within and without. Concentrate all your strength on your invisible wings. Then a fuel that feeds your actions and thoughts will help your spirit to rise and bump heads with the roof over it all. Think about that. Sometimes we need to rest, to regenerate, to conserve our resources, have a think before we can expand and grow. We get so caught up in the doing of life, thinking we have to do this and that, be this and that, we forget to just be. This is a super important concept to get if you're looking to move past this step. It's essential. It's where the magic happens, where we are truly able to hear the little voice inside guiding our next steps and direction. But we have to be quiet to hear it, to focus on its breath. The world wants you to never stop moving, producing, rest, and resist the grind. Part of the art of non-action is being so attuned and present to what is happening around you that you can be like a tree moving and swaying with the breeze instead of fighting the wind. Jean Klein, in her work, I Am, summed this up beautifully. One who has fully reached maturity, who knows herself in a consciousness, will not necessarily conform with social convention. Such a one will act at the right moment as the situation dictates, without anyone being hindered in any way. If your acts are dictated by your desires, you have no freedom whatsoever. On the other hand, if you do what the situation calls for, you do what is right and you and your surroundings are free. To be honest, this was a difficult concept for me to understand. Is non-action doing nothing or is it not acting from desire but what is right? So I think it's both. It's letting go of ego and being in the rhythm of life. It's using your intuitive wisdom in the moment in harmony with all around you, not forcing yourself to do something and adapting your movements and actions to the energy around you. Is it refraining from action that is contrary to nature? Well, no, it doesn't mean being quiet, but doing what nature requires. I was working with my coaching group this week, and we were talking about Archangel Zadkiel. I had been struggling with this podcast episode, but as soon as I turned my attention to Zadkiel, the angel of teaching and learning, the angel who changes negative energy to positive, it just started flowing. Zadkiel can help release those negative thoughts and feelings that may be holding you back. I did a meditation with some dark blue and purple crystals, which are Zadkiel's colors, asking him for guidance and wrote in my journal to processing ideas and thoughts. I had a realization that I thought might be helpful to share as we continue on this journey together. How do you know the things you believe about yourself? I was thinking about this question and realized much of what I believe is based on what others have told me about myself 
or reactions people have had to me. And that's really more in the past because I've, I've gotten over that. <laughs> when you think about how you look, how you act, how people react to and what they think of you, are they seeing the real you or what they want to see? And are you adopting that perspective? I was recently reading the book Lessons in Chemistry, which I absolutely loved. Check it out. Great summer read. The main character is pretty, but also very smart. A deadly combination for women in the 1960s. Growing up in the 80s, attitudes were slowly changing, but it still wasn't a super popular combination. As an adult woman, I had to prove myself over and over and more than once lost a job I wanted to a male because people underestimated, underestimated my intelligence because of my looks. So what is my point in all this? That we need to take stock of our abilities and what holds us back. Psychological agency requires us to make choices and act based on our values. But we also need to know what our values are and what they really are. And are they yours? Or are they somebody else's that you have adopted? And since we're going in random directions throughout this episode, something else uh, I want to share that came to mind. For those of us that have consulted astrology or human design or tarot or the Enneagram or all these things to discover more about ourselves. So recently I was listening to Inside the Wooniverse with Colette Baron-Reed, great podcast, and she had as a guest psychological astrologist, Jennifer Freed as her guest. Um, I'm an Aries and definitely have some characteristics of a fire sign, but it never felt really right. But, you know, I always thought, well, I'm a fire sign. I'm supposed to be like this. And so, you know, how, how many times do you think you're supposed to be something because you get told, well, you're this or that. And so you try and conform with that versus having it conform to you. So I come to find out that when I look at my full chart, all the planets and um, all that stuff, a majority of my signs are actually water signs which now makes total sense, if you know anything about astrology. Um, apologies if that made no sense to you whatsoever. Anyway, the moral of this story is to take the narrative that is outside yourself with a grain of salt. The only true compass that really matters is the one that is inside you. So now that I've probably totally confused you, I think it's time to sign off and have a think about all of this. I'll be back with another episode, uh, hopefully in two weeks. Next time, we'll talk about living in process. And, I'll, and I, I didn't have time to share some of the therapies that I wanted with you um, that I've experienced along the way that have helped me on my journey, but we'll do that next time. Until then, check out past episodes to catch up if you haven't heard them all. You can find out more about my oracle cards, which include things like Zadkiel and Meditation artwork, and more at wendylockhartwellness.com. Have a beautiful day wherever you are. It's very hot here in the desert, so I will be trying to stay cool today. And if you like this podcast, share it, follow it, comment on it, and all that stuff. And most of all, be well. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to not let the perfect be the enemy of the good. 
on your not-so-perfect journey.